Welcome to the Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters podcast. Here you'll find a safe space to learn and grow with leaders in education, disability studies, disability advocacy, and diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations. Specifically, we look at how disability fits into diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to frame disability awareness in the context of educating K-12 communities. This podcast serves educators, parents, and community members who strive to learn and or teach about disability in a research-based and respectful way, moving beyond simple awareness and diving into inclusive and socially responsive conversations. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's go beyond awareness. Do you have a burning desire to have a more equitable and inclusive school culture? Are you a person who understands the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion work in schools, but when it comes to disability, you want to make sure you know what you're talking about? Maybe you're a special education teacher or a general education teacher or an administrator, and you may know a lot about disabilities, but not necessarily about the experience of being disabled by society. You're interested in disability awareness that will actually make a difference, but you feel stuck. Maybe you're still experiencing lack of guidance and lack of research-based disability awareness materials and strategies. Maybe there's segregation on your campus and a lack of belonging for all students. So diversity, equity, and inclusion doesn't appear to be a priority. And maybe you're afraid that you're not qualified to lead the charge for disability inclusion in your DEI work. You know there's got to be a better way, but you aren't sure what it is. If this is you, then I invite you to take advantage of my free resource called The Five Keys to Going Beyond Awareness. All you have to do is go to gobeyondawareness.com slash keys, and I'll send you my important tips for starting your journey toward a more inclusive school. Hello again, everyone. As you are hopefully recovering and feeling refreshed from last year's teaching journey, I know many of my listeners on summer break will soon have to pivot back to their professional realms of planning, organizing, creating, teaching, coaching, and so much more while at the same time preparing your families for this transition back into your work and school realities. Many of my colleagues and friends are already posting lots of exciting pictures on social media of their first days back at school. In the last episode, I shared my thoughts on getting ready for back to school in terms of self-reflection and evaluating our own perceptions of disability and what the impact of our own mindset is on our students and our learning communities. As educators, we are the ultimate influencers. And so our mindset matters when it comes to going beyond awareness and promoting disability awareness that actually makes a positive difference. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you'll want to go back and listen to it for sure. For today, I'm going to cover the topic of how to screen or select books to promote positive disability awareness that aligns with a disability studies and education framework. 
I'll also list the titles of some of my favorite books, my personal favorites that meet these criteria, or at least some of them in today's show notes. Now, if you're stressing out already and thinking, oh my gosh, I have so many books. I've spent so much money on books. Or you're thinking some of my favorite books are probably not going to make the cut. And I'm not sure that I want to know if that's you, I hear you most likely, especially if you're a newer teacher with newer books from big publishing companies, you should be okay for the most part. But if you have independently written books and independently published books or older books in your classroom library, you definitely should be checking to ensure that you're sending the messages you really want your students to receive. Sometimes we do need to be brave if we want to be the change we wish to see in the world, right? We know that books are powerful tools that inspire literacy as well as reaching the hearts of our students. Robin Williams said, no matter what people tell you, Words and ideas can change the world. So we want our books to reflect a mindset that will teach an appreciation for human diversity and that is conscious of disability visibility and inclusion. With that said, I don't want anyone to feel bad if you didn't know what I'm about to share with you. Maya Angelou said it perfectly when she said, I did then what I knew how to do now that I know better, I do better. So now is our time to do better without remorse, without guilt, but with curiosity and with appreciation and hopefully with joy and excitement. Since many of my colleagues have been asking me about what types of books they should be sharing with their students, I decided to create a checklist for educators that I'm gonna share with you right now. So let's get started. First of all, as you screen your books, you wanna use these guideposts to determine whether you will buy a book, keep a book, or put it in the recycle bin. One, disability is portrayed as normal and natural and a valuable part of diversity. So, are the characters treated as normal? Characters with disabilities, are they treated as normal? And is disability perceived as extraordinary or as a blessing or as a curse, which we sometimes see in older books? So you wanna make sure that disability is portrayed as normal and natural and a valuable part of diversity. Number two, Books embrace and celebrate diversity, including disability. So is disability included or omitted as part of diversity? Number three, the book comes from the social model mindset of disability and addresses ableism and allyship. The social model says that there is nothing wrong with a person who has a disability but there is something wrong with societal responses to disabled people. And so you want the book to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with that person. 
there's something wrong with how they're being treated. And, and of course, you want that to encourage a sense of allyship with the disability community. Number four, the book does not equate disability with burden, suffering, pity, or inspiration solely based on a person having a disability, but it emphasizes societal barriers that are disabling to people. So again, I've seen older books and books written by siblings or parents or quote unquote experts on disability that have good intentions, but that are ultimately patronizing or even dehumanizing and warranting pity. We want to stay away from books that write about others in a way that we would not written about us. And finally, focus on books that address societal disadvantages and barriers and disabling conditions that stem from ableism. Okay, on to number five. Does not use stigmatizing or ableist language. For example, it doesn't say things like wheelchair bound or suffers from a particular disability or does not equate their disability to a problem, quote unquote problem. It also does not um, use language like inspires or inspirational based on a person's disability, solely based on a disability. Number six, does not use euphemisms such as differently abled, challenged, special, disabled, etc., but instead uses disability and disabled with pride. You see, there is a strong movement within the disability community to just say the word disabled and disability is not a bad word. These are in quotes, quote, say the word disabled and quote, disability is not a bad word, end quote. This is on billboards, it's on t-shirts, it's in posters and in books. So we wanna make sure that we are using the terms disability and disabled. Euphemisms are terms that are used to sort of soften the blow, so to speak, when it comes to terms that are perceived as negative. Euphemisms are attempts at making disability more palatable. But if we don't equate disability with tragedy or negativity, then there is no need to come up with softer terminology, more palatable terminology. Books that you have in your classroom library should not be afraid to say disability or disabled. And I just want to clarify too, I'm not saying that we should judge someone who chooses to identify with one of the terms I just mentioned. That is their choice, and we should honor each person's identity preference. However, if we want to take our libraries and our students beyond awareness, we do not need to avoid the word disability or disabled. Number seven, 
illustrations accurately depict the physical features of characters with disabilities and any assistive technology devices such as wheelchairs, crutches, scooters, communication devices, etc. Again, we want accuracy when it comes to physical features as a means of normalizing different ways of looking and being. We also want accuracy when it comes to assistive technology used in people's daily lives for the same reason. Different is not deficient or weird or abnormal, and we want that reflected in our books. It's okay to be different and to have differences be celebrated. Number eight, the book normalizes, presumes competence of, and values characters who use nonverbal communication methods. More and more people who are non-speaking are speaking out in their writings and demanding access to communication and access to representation. We too often presume incompetence of people who have not been given access to communication in a way that works for them. Our literature that we have in our classroom libraries should include stories that have diverse ways of communicating being represented as normal. Number nine, promotes dignity and respect and equity for all people, including people with disabilities. This is really a general way of stating all that I've said thus far. Number 10, promotes inclusivity and belonging for all people, including disabled people from diverse and marginalized communities. Oftentimes in our discussions of diversity, equity, and inclusion, we have limited understanding of all the different ways of being diverse and how best to be inclusive. Representation does matter. We should strive to include books from a truly diverse array of cultural experiences, socioeconomic experiences, life experiences, disability experiences, and especially those of voices that are underrepresented in politics, education, the media, and so forth. Number 11, provides a framework for analysis of access, civil rights, or justice for disabled people. I love this one. This is why I wrote my book, Ed Roberts, Champion of Disability Rights. There aren't enough books about the civil rights of people with disabilities. There isn't enough in our books about the history of the disability civil rights movement. Students need to know that disability rights are civil rights. They should be empowered with foundational information to connect social justice issues with disabled people. And finally, number 12, the last of the guideposts that I have here for you today. The book is written by and centered around disabled perspectives and voices 
including people with disabilities from diverse and marginalized communities. We know representation matters. The cry of the disability rights movement is nothing about us without us. And yet we have so many books written about people with disabilities who are not written by people with disabilities and that are not centered around disabled perspectives and voices. And so we have to ask ourselves, who are the real experts? We need to keep this in mind as we select our books and we wanna have libraries that represent people in authentic ways. So that's it for my list of guideposts for you. Everything that I've mentioned here are guideposts for selecting your classroom books. But I should note that most books will likely not meet all of these criteria. However, as you pay attention, you'll begin to notice that not all books are created equal and you wanna be diligent in selecting books that will meet more and more of these standards, these guideposts, taking students beyond awareness. Remember to check out the show notes to see a list of some of my favorite books in my own Beyond Awareness classroom collection. If this was helpful to you, this is an example of the things you'll learn in my compact, convenient, Beyond Awareness digital course. In it, you'll learn the foundations of disability awareness strategies that align with research so you can feel confident in your diversity, equity, inclusion, and disability awareness endeavors. All you have to do is go to gobeyondawareness.com to sign up for my digital Beyond Awareness course. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Awareness, Disability Awareness That Matters. If this was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also follow me, Diana, on Instagram at Diana Pastora Carson and on Facebook at facebook.com slash go beyond awareness. Or you can go to my website for more information at dianapastoracarson.com. My books include Beyond Awareness, Bringing Disability into Diversity Work in K-12 Schools and Communities, as well as my children's book, Ed Roberts, Champion of Disability Rights. Both books can be found on Amazon. For your free Beyond Awareness resource called The Five Keys to Going Beyond Awareness, simply go to gobeyondawareness.com slash keys. This podcast transcription and podcast guest information can be found in the show notes. Intro and outro music has been provided courtesy of Emmanuel Castro. Thank you again. Be well, be a lifelong learner, and let's be inclusive. See you next time. Manos arriba, arriba.